Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Companion episode forty-two. I'm Scott Corelli, oh, and I'm I'm Matt Smith. Hey, how you guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I don't have to introduce you anymore because you're just the regular host now. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Okay. Well, hello everyone who doesn't know who I am. Apparently, you haven't been listening, but I'm Matt Smith. Not that Matt Smith, but a Matt Smith. Yes. So just just a Matt Smith that also has a fondness for Doctor Who. Yeah, it's a it's a coincidence, really, yes. honestly. A wonderful coincidence. Listen what was was it was was it before or after you were into Doctor Who that you found out that Matt Smith was going to be the next Doctor? Oh, uh, gosh. Well, let's see. I started watching in early 2008, and they announced it at the beginning of 2009. So I think I knew ahead of time, but I hadn't seen anything past, like, the first season at that point. So okay. I, I was still a ways away. But I was definitely like, I can live with this. I can live with this. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, I can live with this, but when I do a podcast about Doctor Who, this is going to be really confusing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I kept coming up with taglines like, I'm Matt Smith. But now that's Matt Smith. But if you want me to be that's Matt Smith, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> now I just got to work on my Matt Smith impression so then I can be like, then I can, you know, drop some doctor science or something and people will be like, wow, it's really like him. And then we get sued by the BBC, which would be yeah. bad. I think we'd just be get sued by him, actually. I don't, <laughs> I don't think the BBC would need to do anything. <laughs> yeah, probably. Would somebody, would, somebody would see him at a convention and be like, hey, I really love you on The Doctor's Companion. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that still might happen. <laughs> if, only we could, if only we could have the numbers where like people would be like, hey, you're great on that show. Doctor Who, I thank you. No, the Doctor's Companion. You're that good. Where we're actually more popular than Doctor Who. Not that that's ever going to happen. I just think, like, if we ever got to that level of popularity, I'd be okay with it. (laughs) Yeah, I think I would be too, because I I think think we'd be sustaining a career at that point, so... Yeah, well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I, no skin off my back. I'd totally be able to do that. I'd, I'd live with that. I'd live with that just fine. Yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. Uh, anyways, um, we're from the website geekshowentertainment.com where we like geeky stuff and occasionally talk about geeky stuff like Doctor Who on podcasts, just like this one. Uh, Geek Show Entertainment is a podcast network that has new episodes released every week for shows that include The Doctor's Companion, which you're listening to right now. Uh, hello, all you listeners who are listening to The Doctor's Companion. Hello. Hi. As well as uh, Geekin, Have You Met Ted, Queen Witch, A Couple of Geeks, Movie Night at Geek Show, and Geek Show Soundtrack, with more on the way. Uh, you can listen to those podcasts by streaming them on the website or subscribing them to the shows in iTunes. Also, you can go to the website and join our community by commenting on episodes or articles that we regularly post on the site. If you've listened to any of our shows and you like what you hear, or even if you don't, help us out by leaving an iTunes review. iTunes reviews are the best way to, for people to find out about the shows and decide that 
they might be worth listening to. If you think we're worth listening to, sure, throw us a review. We'd like that. Uh, you can also let us know how we're doing with comments, concerns, or suggestions by emailing the show at tdc at geekshow.us. That's for uh, the one-star or two-star reviews that you think we're, we're doing is really crappy, and we can address those and make uh, make take your considerations into account, which we would more than love to do. Yeah, yeah. Instead of leaving a, a one or two star review, you should uh, you should just email us. Yeah, we, we're we're <laughs> full, we're full disclosure here. We just you know, if you don't like something, tell us. We can handle it. We yeah. got thick skin. We can handle it. Yeah, we'll fix it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unless we don't like your opinion, then we'll just you know ignore you. Tell you to <laughs> yeah, go away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. We'll, we'll be like we'll be like we didn't really want you as a listener, anyways. Um, <laughs> I would also like to point out that, that that's most likely not the case, and you'd have to be really awful for us to say that to you. Yeah. Um. And and, and by awful, I mean like waiting outside my apartment door with a knife. And saying fix the show, at, at which point I would probably be forced to call the cops and/or the real Matt Smith, uh, mm-hmm. who would put you in your place. So, because uh, us Matt Smiths, we all know each other, just so you know. Mm-hmm. So, that, and that all, might, that also, if you true. if you happen to be wearing a hoodie in in uh, Matt's area, uh, we're gonna call the police anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, well, that's 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 because anyone who wears a hoodie gets the cops called on them. Like they just like the cops They're just come shady. in and roll everyone who does that. Everyone knows that hoodies are very shady. Yeah, They're very yeah. shady. <laughs> only only murderers and serial killers wear hoodies. They also wear other things, but hoodies are predominantly worn by. Uh, Killers and gang members. Yeah, totally. I, I, we are going to get so much email for that comment. I'm sorry. Don't, don't write because I know how awful that sounds. Um, I don't, I don't think we will. I don't think anybody would care. <laughs> oh, oh, that's good. That's good. All people well, who wear I, I'm pretty are sure everybody me. would be like, "Yeah, I do look like a thug when I'm wearing a hoodie." <laughs> <laughs> that's the point, man. <laughs> what do you want? You want to make something of it? No, no, no. Just, just saying. Just saying. Dog life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, today we're talking about um, the end of the world, which is a, a ninth Doctor story. Uh, it's it's really cool. It's got some rows. Um, it comes from actually the first season of the new series. It's like the second episode. Uh, so everyone who's listening to this has probably seen it, because uh, I really doubt you watched Rose and said, "I don't want any more of this. I like Doctor Who, but that's not Doctor Who." Uh, you probably went for more. Because you did. So everyone's probably seen it, so they'll know what we're talking about, which is pretty sweet. Um, and, yeah. So uh, when you – Scott, did you see this when it first came out? Because I sure as heck didn't. Uh, I watched it uh, – let's see. What happened? All right. So let's let let's go back. Um, <laughs> I, I did not see – This is the part the... where I have the shimmery little dissolve transition. Right, exactly. Um, so <laughs> – I uh, I did not watch the first season as it aired, mm-hmm. and the reason being I had no idea, and my dad, who would have been the, the guy to tell me that there was this new Doctor Who series, mm-hmm. uh, had no idea either. Like, I told him about it when I found out, mm-hmm. and the way that I found out was I went to go get my, my, my uh, weekly comic books at the local comic book store, which is awful. My local shop is just just the worst comic book you, shop. You know like, what you should do? You know what you should do to fix that? What? Go to dcbservice.com. Just I do. I do. Oh, there you go. There um, you go. yeah, no, I fixed that. I I don't go there anymore. But well, no, it's good, it's a uh, hollowed out house. Like it was a house that they tore down all the walls in and Ugh. made it into a store, right? Uh-huh. And there's a cat that has three legs and half a tail that walks all around like the comics. Lay, he'll be like laying in the long boxes with the comics. And, like, the whole place smells like smoke. Like, it's awful. Is it called Cat's Comics Corner or something? No, it's called Comic Cave. 
Um, <laughs> well, there you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. No, it's awful. But anyway, that's where I used to go to get books, at least then, at that time. Mm-hmm, and uh, I so I went in there, and I was getting my books. I think, uh, if I remember correctly, because I think this was the same day I had a conversation with them about uh, The Other. Did you, did you read that? Spider-Man, The Other, when... Oh God, no! You didn't. Okay. Well, oh God, no! That's that's what was happening in comics, I think, at this time, and it was. Oh God, no! God, it was. Th- that was the beginning of my hatred for JMS. Um, <laughs> oh, that's that's what kicked it off, right? That's what kicked it off. Yeah, that was the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, <clears throat> so so I'm in there, and this this guy that I'd known for a while because I'd worked with him uh, when I worked at Subway in high school, mm-hmm. and he was like a closing manager, mm-hmm. and he was big into like the nerdy stuff. And he was into Doctor Who, and we'd talk about Doctor Who all the time. But we hadn't worked together in well over a year. And mm-hmm. uh, I saw him in there that day, and he was like, "He's like, uh, oh man, I've been watching Doctor Who. I've been, you know, da- I've been downloading it because that's the only way you can get it." And he just regenerated, and he turned into this skinny guy, and he was really different. He he then enacted the entire regeneration scene, like wow, word for word, like line for line. And I'm like, that, okay. that's definitely a comic book store for you. I'm like, wow, that's. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. That's great. <laughs> um, so, so you know, once I found out, I went and I did my research, and I was like, oh, my God, there was another Doctor Who series? And, and I was like, I was like, and this guy's going to be the new Doctor, because at the, at the time, like, they'd released their first picture of David Tennant in the, the Doctor outfit, and, like, all the newspapers were like, geek chic Doctor! Like, he's got, because he's got the, the, the Chuck Taylors, and he's got the <sighs> pinstripe suit, and the... You know, and the the nerdy glasses, and like you remember that shot, and his like hair is like all crazy messed up, and oh yeah, 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 yeah. So like that first publicity still, and I saw that, and I just like instantly, like fell in love. Like I was just like, that's an awesome Doctor suit. Like mm-hmm. I I love that costume. This is so iconic and mm-hmm. awesome. Like I wonder what this series was. So like I instantly I downloaded it because again at the time there was no other way to watch it. Yeah. Um. So I downloaded it and like I. I sped through it then, but uh, it was so like I basically I was caught up in time for the Christmas invasion. Right on, right yeah, on. yeah. So the Christmas invasion was the first like new episode I watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sweet. I I I didn't experience it that way. I was I was I was definitely a binger. I definitely saw like Rose, which I enjoyed, and then I saw this one, and this one kind of blew me away, and I was like, what? And then I watched, as we said before, I watched the next one, and I was like, okay, well I can put this down for a while. Um, <laughs> um. So yeah, that's that's. that's oh whoa, wait, they're not all as good as End of the World. What? No, no. Which is which is weird because I think I think End of the World. Well, we'll talk about it in just a minute. But I think End of the World is one of those really. It's not that it's like universally just like spat upon like so many other stories. Like I don't know. I I this is gonna alienate so many people. But like I love Love and Monsters. I think Love and Monsters. If you get rid of one thing, it's excellent. I think it's just pitch perfect. Um, is it is it is it is it uh, the main character falling in love with like a piece of tile? Is that no no? That's okay. like, I actually I have I have a different problem with the tile, but I can I can understand it at the very least. Um, my problem with it is the is the stupid green monster thing, which I think is just awful. But oh, that's that's well. a whole different discussion. I actually really love every time I watch Love and Monsters, I'm more and more blown away by it. Um, and End of the World is the same way, where it's I think it's often forgot it, forgotten because um, yeah, I'd say it's forgotten less than uh, like hated. 
like Love and yeah. Monsters is. Mm-hmm. It's just because I, I don't I don't a lot see like anyone. Gridlock. Gridlock is forgotten a lot too. Yeah, and well, Gridlock that's unfortunate because Gridlock is amazing. Um, uh, but yeah, I think I think End of the World is um, often forgotten, which is really which is really interesting because End of the World is very much like the first almost real Doctor Who story that they kind of go and do. And, like, if you watch, like, the Confidentials, um, I, I haven't seen all of them, but I've seen the one for this one, and, like, it was it was a very concerted attempt by Russell T. Davies after doing Rose to do something that was just big sci-fi ex- excitement. And, like, if you watch this episode, there is a lot of CGI in this episode. And not, not that I'm complaining, because, you know, I don't, I don't mind CGI when they use it, but it's yeah, done... They, they blew a lot of their budget on it. They did, and it's not surprising, but I I actually really like it here because it's very much designed to show off the big grand spectacle and be, you know, the big bombastic show that Russell T. Davies likes to however much anyone might like or dislike that. I think that this is the first real example of doing, like, a Doctor adventure, and it's very classic. It, It kind of reminds me of Ark in Space a little bit just because it's... You know, like, you're on a space station, you're kind of around Earth, and there's, like, a mystery on the space station, which is interesting, because that's also, like, the second Tom Baker story, and in a lot of ways, it's the second Peter Davison story, um... But it, it kind of is reminiscent of that, but at the same time, it's also, you know, it's a big, it's a big, great story, full of, full of stuff that, you know, I, I... Well, we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> we should, we should probably do another spot before we begin, though. Um... So yeah, um, before we get started of the real discussion of the episode, too late, uh, this is a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com. This month at InStockTrades.com you can purchase our Book of the Month, Why the Last Man Deluxe Edition, uh, Volume 3 by Brian K. Vaughn and Piri Guerra, which is just phenomenal. Um, if you don't have it, this book is available for only $18.59 or 38% off the suggested retailer price of $29.99, and that's a steal. Uh, and remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping thanks to InStockTrades.com. You guys are awesome. I have such I have such bitter feelings toward Pia Guerra. Really? Yeah, Why? because she's so awesome, and Why mm-hmm. the Last Man is so awesome. Mm-hmm. And then I heard that she was going to do a Doctor Who comic, and I was like, mm-hmm. "That's awesome." And then she wrote two is- drew two issues of it, and then like the and I guess it's not her fault that she's not that fast, but like she drew those two issues, and they were beautiful. Like yeah. it wasn't written very well, but it was beautiful. <laughs> and then I get to the third issue, and continuing forward, and it's like just this other random artist because she wasn't it's, fast enough for uh, IDW, and IDW was just like, oh, sorry, this book's got to be monthly. And, I'm and like, it's very um, much like an IDW artist who's doing it, which is fine. I mean, I, there are far worse quote-unquote standard artists, but like yeah. I, IDW uh, standard artist is not something that I'm super interested in, but I am interested no. in being Kara. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I, wanted, I wanted her on that book, and I was excited, and I was like, I would have been willing to wait, you know, two months between issues. Of oh, a yeah. mini series, it's a mini series. Who cares? Yeah. Just have it come out when she's done. Yeah. Arg. Well, <laughs> oh. Now she's not even doing anything, is she? I I don't know. She's probably working on movies or something because that's where all comics people go to. Yeah, that I, makes me sad. Know. It it totally sad. Put her on another book, please. Yeah. Put her on. Who would who she be good with? She'd be good with. I don't know. Maybe Jason Aaron. I don't know. I just say Jason Aaron with everyone because Jason Aaron's really good. Yeah. I don't know who she'd be good with, but <laughs> put her on another Brian K. Vaughn book. Although that that's a curse because it would just be caves or not caves, but why? 
<laughs> yeah. Caves, God. That's, Caves. That's what my mind is. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was just thinking of really good things, I guess. We are, we are, we are so far away from Caves of Anchazani. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're a little bit closer because we're talking about End of the World. Um, so, yeah, End of the World. Scott, what do you got? Um, you know, I, I love this story, and I think... Uh, like, like with you, you know, like I watched Rose and I was like, oh, that's interesting. It's like, you know, it's kind of cheesy with, uh, with, with, you know, the, 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 the elements of the original series, you know, but it's, it's, um, so it's like really silly and cheesy, but then it's got those really great moments and like the characters are, are a lot stronger than they ever were on the, on the oh, serialized yeah. series. And I was like, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, this is pretty cool. And so then, um, you know, you watch Into the World, and you're just like, oh wow, this is a really good show. And then you watch the next one, and you're like, oh whoa, maybe I spoke too soon. Um, I love that we keep qualifying it with like, with like, oh, this is so good. And then we talk about the Dickens episode, and it's just like, eh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it is. It's an episode that's full of eh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then after that, and then even worse after that, which this is one we disagree on, but uh, uh, Aliens and Aliens of London and World War Three. I hate those episodes. Mm. So cannot uh, wait to talk about those. Let's be honest. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> I actually uh, really I, ha, I like ha, farting aliens. Ha! It's funny. Yeah. Get, uh, get, if you get past that though, it's it's kind of interesting. I if you get, like you get I past just... like the the um the the farting aliens, the fact that they fart and it's you know it's fun, stupid. The almost Jar Jar level awful. Um, the actual Slitheen, I think, are really interesting, and the the story itself is you know it's big fun, Doctor Who in a modern context. It's it's exciting. It's yeah, cool. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so it was like it was like a bunch of episodes after this one that I was mm-hmm. just like, uh, um, and then you and got it, Dalek, which is yeah, oh. exactly. And then and then I was just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I see. Your... They were just slapping me around a little bit. I'm back. yeah. Let's let's just keep going. And then this <laughs> happened, and this is how I felt about that. Um, no, uh, but but end of the world is is cool because not only is it the first real like true Doctor Who story, um, mm-hmm. but it's also uh, sort of the first part in in what I like to call the uh, Face of Bow trilogy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and and I I like that too, and I like that every episode uh, really connects with each other. And it's funny that Russell T Davies sort of has a structure that he does mm-hmm. for every season like that you can almost you could set your watch to it's like you have the the companion uh episode set in modern day mm-hmm. and then you have the future episode then you have the past episode then you have a two-parter mm-hmm. um like that's that's sort of his structure that he does mm-hmm. every time and mm-hmm. like if you go through it you go season to season to season it's the same thing like season 1 is like that and then season 2 christmas invasion new earth and then uh, Tooth, Tooth and Claw. Claw, Tooth and Claw, and then you go to the third season, and it's like Smith and Jones and uh, Shakespeare Code, and then uh, the future episode was Gridlock. So it's just like, it's it's just funny that he does that, um, mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, but I I really like I like the Face of Bo trilogy, just you know, all together. I think New Earth is probably the weakest of oh, the three, but but not by much. Yeah, I, I still I, I, still I like really that like New Earth, but I think a lot yeah. of people hate it. Which yeah. Is weird. Well, it's because of the Cassandra thing and and oh whatever people get yeah. over themselves. Yeah, yeah. There have well, been worse villains, please. Well, it's not talk only... to me when you've seen Soul Deed. Oh, 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 oh! Uh, that's a surprise we're I'm saving. Oh man. Oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Anyways, end of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I. You know, I don't mind Cassandra as a villain, and I liked that we got to feel bad for her mm-hmm. in uh, in New Earth 
Of course, we're not talking about New Earth. Um, but but I think what the thing that people had a big problem with, I remember at the time, was people complaining about how we just got this doctor and now he's already acting like two or three other people, like mm-hmm. in that episode, because he keeps getting possessed or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I can under that's understandable. It's like yeah. the first. The first actual David Tennant episode, because he's barely in the Christmas Invasion, let's be honest. Right. Yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know. But anyway, I I love End of the World. Like, I, I, I think it's 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 great, like, because you get all those great heroic moments with Christopher Eccleston, um, the fan moment and everything. And you, you also get to see him, you know, pull his dark side moments, like with where, you know, he lets Cassandra dry out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and and then you get the the silly moments like where you know Christopher Eccleston he just like he likes getting into trouble mm-hmm. and and you get to and see he's breathing people. on people like it's just yeah. great yeah yeah and you mm-hmm. get you get those moments where she, he's just like wait so if something went wrong no one would would be able to come save us and she's mm-hmm. like yeah no and he's like fantastic <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like only only Christopher Eccleston would be excited about that. Like that's that's the thing about his doctor. And like I wish we'd gotten to spend more time on him. Uh, I agree. Yeah. But but uh I do I do. I, I I love this season. I love this episode. This is one of his best, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Um of, of the Ecclestons, like this is definitely one of the ones that I think he shines in. Probably minus maybe his finale. Um and perhaps Dalek. I think that this is his strongest. Um, I think that, like, there's one of my favorite moments in the entire story. Because um, really what makes End of the World interesting to me is y- you'd expect, like, if this were, like, a classic story, it would be something like Ark in Space, which is which is fine. Um, I mean, I like I like the Ark in Space. I, ju- I just rewatched it, and I, it, it just holds up like nothing else. But it's, it's interesting to see the Doctor and his companion, um, Rose, in this instance, like really shine through and like i'm i mean i don't know i guess i'm i mean i'm sure people most people like rose because she's 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 designed to be a very likable character most of them are um but the the scenes with eccleston dealing with rose and rose dealing with herself are the best parts of this if you ask me like they're just amazing like the one scene where he um where rose is kind of sitting there in the in the in the um not, it's not quite a foyer, but it's like a viewing room, and she's right. just staring out at the world that's about to be blown up, and the doctor walks in, and she's like, and she's just dealing with the fact that she's about to watch the world explode, and the scene, the, the, the discussion that they have, it's very reminiscent of Gridlock in a lot of ways, because Gridlock is structured in such a way that you start with Martha saying, let's go to your place, let's go to your place, um, it must be pretty sweet, and the doctor's like, no, I'm not gonna go to this place, and then the end becomes the doctor confessing that he doesn't have a place. This is very much like that i think gridlock does a little better though yeah because the scene here where where she's like well where are your people what's going on with this and the world's about to end and what are you going to do and his like he's so alone and you can tell that like he's running away from everything that he should be dealing with which is you know it's completely understandable given what we know about the time war what he did and all that stuff but like i love the way that he she says what are you running from and he just turns away and shuts down and it's just it's just this great sort of moment that that only Russell T Davies would kind of know how to write maybe other people too but like he just has that sensibility sensibility of the character and like you know in a lot of ways Davies is recreating the doctor because like after the time where the doctor isn't the same and we're introduced to this new guy who isn't bouncy and f- he's bouncy and fun but he's also got this real undercurrent of 
dark, brooding sort of, like, emotion that is really, really, really excellent. That is just, you know, Davies can't not write that. He writes in Matt Smith in The Death of the Doctor, which is why The Death of the Doctor was really strong to me. And, like... I just, I love those moments, and, like, going all the way to the end, like, I always forget that the end of this episode ends in Earth, in modern day, where they go to the place, and they just talk, and I was just watching it, and I'm just enraptured by the conversation that they have, where, um, Rose is like, all these people are going to die, and the Doctor's like, yes, and we're alone in the fact that we are aware that time is going, what is going to happen, and I, I just love that, I think it's so poignant, and so wonderful and so quintessentially doctor and then rose says let's go get chips and it's just you know it's just that sort of thing where it's like well if i'm not going to do anything and i'm i'm completely pointless i'm just gonna go eat chips it's this really very cathartic moment for rose i think and it just yeah. works yeah definitely and it makes them it, it's sort of uh i don't know like you watch the classic series and you forget exactly like what the doctor is doing and the power that the doctor has mm-hmm. over over our world and like modern day and so when they when you have those moments during the russell t davies era where the doctor is just like you know like you just saw the world explode and i'm going to take you back in time and you're going to see all of the people walking around and alive again mm-hmm. like you when you see that it really hits home like how much power the doctor actually has. Yeah. Not just not only that, but it also like brings up the idea that, you know, when when he does this, like he jumps in the, they jump in the TARDIS at the beginning and he's like, "Let's go 100 years in the future. Let's go 10,000 years in the future." And he's like, "Wait, I know." And then they go off. Like he doesn't think about the like the ramifications of what he's about to show her. And it's it's really interesting that, you know, you can already start to see like when when uh, the tenth Doctor basically gives himself away to Rose and Journey's End. Say that, that what you will, like the the statement of "I was like this once, and you're going to teach me how to get better." Like you can see that the seeds of that starting to grow here, and it's it just that's where the story sparkles. Like it, it, you know, it's it's one like if remove that, it's still a fine story, but with that, it becomes really special and really really emotional um in, in the best of ways because the best you know the best stories are emotional stories and davies knows this and that's why davies works so well yeah um, or when he works so well too and disagree with me all you want um but rose is such a better eccleston companion than a tenant companion like because she's not tenant's companion she's eccleston's companion mm-hmm. and and like i love seeing these two characters together um, and with, with David Tennant, I get it, you know, you have that sort of like awkward semi-romantic relationship, right. which I don't think works quite as well, which is why I like Martha so much more than, than Rose with, with David Tennant, because mm-hmm. I don't know, it just, it makes more sense to me. And then Donna as well, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I just, I think that Rose and Eccleston are just, are just mm-hmm. fantastic together. Mm-hmm. Especially because like, it's interesting how different companions have different relationships with different doctors. Like, if you go and watch Adric dealing with the fourth doctor, like, Adric and the fourth doctor is actually really fantastic. It's when you get thrown with the fifth doctor and they just start arguing all the time that it becomes problematic. But, like, 
I love the idea that certain companions work better with certain doctors. Like, I, I've long said that Perry is a better fifth doctor companion than she was a sixth doctor companion, and Tegan would have been a better sixth doctor companion than a fifth doctor companion, and Sarah Jane is a better fourth doctor than she is a third doctor. Um, it's one of those things where it really sparkles, especially knowing, like, if you've seen this, you know the end of the Rose story. You know that she is on the beach in Doomsday, which is, you know, again, I really love that scene. But... It's a much more mature relationship, the sort of relationship they have here. It's very much closer to the to the Doctor and Donna in a lot of ways because it's very much like he's just showing her a good time. And while uh -huh. she does call it a date, and you do get the hint that Rose is kind of liking the Doctor, it's not until the Doctor regenerates that you see the romanticness come up a bit. Right. Um, and I really like that, and it really, it, you know, not to not, like, I personally really enjoy Rose and the Tenth Doctor, um... But I think that it's it's a standard relationship. It's the sort of thing that you see constant constantly in all media, um, which is which is fine. I think it's well done for what it is. But it's harder to do a relationship that's essentially, if you know Thirty Rock, like Jack and Liz Lemon, which is such a complex relationship because. At no point do you really want to see them together. They're just really good friends and mentor-student. And it's it reminds me a lot of that. Or if you watch Parks and Rec, it reminds me of, like, um, Leslie Nope and uh, Ron Swanson. Right. And I really, I really like that. And it really – it's just – it sparkles so much here. Um, and, you know, just them at the end when the Doctor's like – he realizes that he kind of messed up, which is which is kind of lovely in its own way. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Yeah. Yeah, I also really like the the imagination. Like, if when it when it comes to Doctor Who and what I'm really interested in, like you know, I I personally really enjoy Journey's End. I think it's just a fun romp, and I don't mind taking my brain out every so often and saying you don't need the best of stories just so long as you know you have a strong emotional undercurrent, which that story has. I think that. Um, when it comes to Russell T. Davies, the thing that always impresses me is the the imagination he has. I really love his imagination. Like the first time I heard Psychic Paper, I was just like, "Oh, that's so good." Or coming in and seeing all the different aliens come in, like I love that there's trees. Like uh, that's just so clever um, in its own special way. Uh, anytime he wants to do something like that, it's fine by me. Sure, sure, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I I have my issues with with Russell T Davies, but it's mostly in his finales, um, right. more than anything else. Mm -hmm. But but you know, not not this season. This season, it's uh, you know, he's he's other than the farting aliens, he's he's gangbusters. Yeah, yeah, I agree. In his first season, so mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he's he was really uh, oddly enough sort of at the top of his game in this first season um, yeah. I, and especially and I think maybe it's because he had had his whole life to plan out that first season of mm -hmm. this show uh, whereas you know then going forward he had to scramble and figure out what he was doing mm -hmm. um, I also but... I was reading the Doctor's Companion not the Doctor's Companion that's us um, I was re <laughs> you can't read us I don't think <laughs> no anybody... no we, we won't do transcripts you gotta you gotta listen um, we'll do the audiobook version, but we won't actually do transcripts. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> um, the uh, the I was reading the writer's tale, and he was talking about writing the end of time, and how if you read that book and you watch him doing the writing process, like he was very much a procrastinator. He's a procrastinator. We're all like, as a writer, I, I can confess to being a crazy procrastinator. Oh um, yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> but he was talking about how um, when he was writing the end of time, how 
he said himself, like Ben Cook, uh, the person he was um, emailing with at the time, if you've read that book, uh, Ben Cook emailed him and said, hey, um, why don't you not procrastinate on this one because you seem like you have it worked out. And so Davies worked, you know, he did something like five pages a day, which he said he was do- He did for the first season. Like in the first season, he did five pages per day until the episode was done. Um, and I think I think the strength of that um, really holds together because even I'll admit, like I love Journey's End, but Journey's End is very rushed in its own way. It doesn't feel quite as refined as it probably should be. Um, a yeah. lot it, that happens in his finales, as you were just saying. I think that this is one of those stories that just it just it's very tight and it's very meticulous and thought out. Um, it's not you know it's not the greatest of stories, but you can feel the time and the deliberation in its own way. You yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree. Mm-hmm, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I uh, I really like this, and I like that you go from an episode like Rose, where, you know, everything is pretty earthy, mm-hmm. um, you know, other than other than the living plastic. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, other than that, you know, everything's very earthy and earth-based. Mm-hmm. And, like, even the, even the, uh, the Autons... Uh, which are, you know, obviously aliens, they're just mannequins. So mm-hmm. they, you know, at the same time. So you, they're not so far removed from, from earthly stuff. Right. Uh, you know. And then you come into this, and it's just like, uh, bam. <laughs> yeah. here's, here's a bunch of aliens, and, you know, we're going we're gonna to explain why you can understand the aliens, why mm-hmm. they speak English, and, and, and everything. Like, it's just, it's just really... It's a really strong second episode. Yeah, I I completely agree. I also think it's really interesting because like when I, you know, when I was when I started watching the story, I was like, okay, so they travel through time, so they go to the future. Because most times you watch time travel stories, they never go to the future, at least not on television. Um, they do it sometimes in Star Trek, but your view of the future is very limited. Um, you know, you're only on one spaceship because they could only afford one set. Um, or you see it on like a view screen or something or you, but, but you see a lot of like future discussions in like you know you know something like like a movie like Minority Report or Blade Runner um but it's weird to see a show like the thing that struck me about Doctor Who is they were just like Russell T Davis is just like frack it let's just go to the future and let's show you what that's like and i remember just thinking like you guys are going to the end of the world like that's pretty intense and like you're you're showing me the future but how do you know that's what it's really going to look like and i really love that you know they managed to, on a very what is a very a very modest budget for like as a television show with a very modest budget. It's very it's always impressive to me to watch them go to the future and do it you know so convincingly because they do it's just you know it's a couple of sets but the sets are grandiose in their own way and like that's that's really what struck me about this story the first time. It still strikes me how you know how well they're able to like portray the future and do it so well. It's just, I, I love that. I think it's just so strong, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. Do, uh, do you have anything else to say? Uh, let's see. Um, I really like, I really like, um, the other thing that I really like about the story is, um, we're still early in the new series, and if you compare the new series to, um, uh, Paul McGann, which we were talking about last week, like, we're still getting, slow doses of um, exposition as to who and what is going on. Like, I don't remember if the Doctor said he was a Time Lord in Rose. I'm pretty sure he might have. Um, but I love that uh, I love that we still don't know the Doctor's name, and at the very end of this, we're, we reveal that there was a war, and it's like the first time he's confessing it to Rose, or anyone, really. I love that Davies takes such a t- 
takes such a measured approach to releasing exposition as opposed to, you know, it was on the planet Scaro that my old enemy, the Master, saw his fate at the hands of the Daleks. Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh gosh, we're still having replashes. Um, that was the worst first line ever <laughs> in anything. Oh god! All right, yeah. Um, but yes, but... I I agree. I think uh, yeah, this is a much a much stronger way to do it. Um, and it's it's not it's just not so info dump. God. Yeah. Which is which is appreciated. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's also got. I like that it has some sacrifice. Like there's you know the part where the queen of the trees fries. It's you know it's a strong moment. Um, and something that they call back to later, which I, I just, I, I love this story. I think it's so quaint, and it's not given as much due as it, as it really should, you know? Yeah. It's really not, which is, which is unfortunate, but, you know, if you're ever going to rewatch it, it's like second up, and then you're like, oh, sweet, I forgot how much I love this story. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It gets, uh, you know, it, it gets, uh, overshadowed by Moffat's two-parter, and then, um, Dalek, Dalek and, the and then the finale, obviously, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because so, whenever I tell people to watch, I'm just like, look, you have to you have to get halfway through the season. If you don't like Dalek, you're not going to like the show. And then I I keep forgetting that End of the World is just such a strong showing, um, yeah. for for everything. So, yeah, definitely, definitely. Sweet. So, uh, before we move on, we want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you order all your monthly comic books, statues, action figures, and anything else you could get from a local comic book shop. You place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off uh, and regular discounts up to 40% off. Plus, pre-order your collected editions and save 50% off. Ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like. And you only pay $5.95 flat rate shipping, which, you know, not free shipping, but it's actually pretty sweet if you think about it. Uh, thanks to uh, DCBService.com. Yes. And next week... Smith uh, & Jones. Yes. David Tennant. Freeman Aguiman. Oh, God. Any excuse to watch her. Oh, yes. Let's be honest. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> um, I also was uh, going through the list that I made about uh, what's coming up for us. Um, and I actually made some switches and some some new things for us to talk about. So after, so if you're playing along at home and you want to know what we're, we're about to start watching, uh, we actually have some good news. There's a there's another story. Um, after Smith and Jones, the next five we're going to be doing is uh, the Green Death, which is a John Pertwee story about Joe leaving, which is lovely. It's six parts, and it's also on Netflix Instant. So if you if you want to watch something on Netflix Instant, you feel like you've been missing out. It's up there. You can watch it uh, so, and get ready for that. Uh, after that, we're watching The Horns of Nyman, God Rest Our Souls. Um, oh, no. Have you seen this one? No. Have you heard of this one? No, I'm afraid by how you said God Rest Our Souls. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's... That scares me. It's the final Graham Williams, uh, Douglas Adams story. Um, it was supposed to be shot up, but they, they did this one. And it's... Uh, it's a fun one. It's a little cheap. Um, it's very camp. It's very over the top. Like every line is the most dramatic line you've ever read. The Nyman 
are actually pretty decent villains, but it's just a very weak story. But we get to talk and complain about Tom Baker, which is fine with me. Um, sorry, Tom Baker fans. Um, uh, then after that, we're doing a first Doctor story called The Time Meddler, and then we're going to do uh, David Tennant in uh, The Suntaran Stratagem and The Poison Sky, which I really enjoy. And then after that, we're going to come back to the Master for what is hopefully the last time for a long time, um, uh, and we're going to do The Deadly Assassin, which is phenomenal. Um, very looking forward to that one. So that's our that's our next five: the Green Death, the Horns of Nyman, the Time Meddler, the Centauran Stratagem, Poison Sky, and uh, the Deadly Assassin. So that's what's up. Next. Woo! Sounds Sweet. good to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, but uh, but yeah, next week is Smith and Jones. Uh, also on Geek Show Entertainment this week, we'll have a new episode of Geekin. Uh, you know, entertainment news discussion, that sort of thing. Me and Randy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Geekin Extra this week will be Lock and Key Volume One. Welcome to Lovecraft. Uh, that book is fantastic. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I still haven't read it because I got slammed last week, but I'm going to read it this week in you, preparation. You don't know what you're in for. It is so good. Okay, I'm, so I'm, good. I'm really looking forward to it. I keep. I think I keep buying the volumes because everyone keeps swearing by it, and if people swear enough, then I'll, I'll just buy it. So. Yeah, I, I thought there was no way that the hype would live up to the book, and I'm, I was sorely mistaken. So, okay, I look, I look yeah. forward to it. I'm very excited. Yeah, uh... Movie Night at Geek Show. Last week was Annie Hall. This oh, I cannot be... wait to listen to that. I, <laughs> oh, I've been thinking about it all week. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm not lying because it's like one of my favorite, five favorite movies. So I'm really excited to listen to that. Uh, this week will be No Country for Old Men. Good lord, you guys are doing good movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, this this is our best picture month. <laughs> well, so. that, they're the best. That would be why. Yeah, yeah. Uh, week after that is uh, The Apartment. I guess. Which is a oh, I haven't seen that, but it's supposed to be real good. Film. Yeah, and then Amadeus, it. which I heard you talking about. Right, right. Amadeus. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so good times. And then actually, after that, my I already have my pick for for my first pick for April. It's going to be our first theatrical release. Um, huh. I'm I'm picking uh, Happy Thank You More Please. Ooh. Uh, yeah, because. I had a chance to see that, and it is good. So oh, really, I, want, I, I, yeah. I think you told me about that, and you said it was really excellent. So yeah, so I I want as many people as possible to go out and see it when they get a chance. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah, so it's it's in limited release and widening every week. But, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, so hopefully, uh, hopefully we can be responsible for some ticket sales there. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's Geek Show Entertainment this week, and then of course uh, a couple of geeks was off last week. Um, they were on vacation, but they should be back this week. Uh, another episode of Have You Met Ted, which, like I said, is doing gangbusters in ratings. Um, <laughs> just just really just tearing it up. Um, and then uh, Queen Witch finally coming back with track 12 this week. And, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's every... Oh, sound check. We had our first episode last week. Mm-hmm. Um, when we've got more on the way. We have them recorded. We just... I just have to edit them all week to week. Yeah, yeah. I hear it's you. a process. It's yeah. a process. It's my life. It's a <clears throat> yeah, you know. <laughs> That's how I roll. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you can uh, you can go to the website geekshowentertainment.com and check out the stuff that we've got going on there. I've got um, an if we ran Hollywood article mm-hmm. up right now for yeah, uh, Daredevil. To read that. Yeah. Uh, you should uh, you should read that if you guys haven't. And uh, next week I'll be doing another one that will be a. Uh, my t- for those of you who don't know what if if I ran Hollywood is, it's basically where I pretend I'm the producer of all things Hollywood and everyone does what I want. Um, so it's less if I ran Hollywood as it is. It's more like uh, if I ruled Hollywood with an iron fist. 
Um, <laughs> the only way and, Hollywood should really be ruled, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, basically. So it's basically like, you know, I don't want to see any comments of people like, oh, this would never happen. No, of course not. That's the point. Um, <laughs> no, like seriously, like I've, I've, I've done those before, and they're just like, yeah, that's real nice, but he would never direct that movie. And it's like, yeah, no, I know. No, you don't no, understand. We're getting you're, the Hollywood you're Gestapo. Missing the point. <laughs> we're putting a gun to his head, and he's going to direct this movie. And he's going to do a damn good job of it. You know? <laughs> yeah, you're totally missing the point uh, of this of this uh, yeah, it's dream scenario, scenario article. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and then I'm going to be doing – I'm working on it right now uh, – a article on a Superman Returns sequel. I'm so excited the, to read that. The broken film that could have been fixed if somebody had cared enough to try. Um, but obviously Warner Brothers was just like, well, that's a mess, and they wiped their hands of it. Um, so so that's that's going to be my next article, and that's turning out very well, if I don't say so myself. And uh, what else we got? We got Twitter. other articles. Yeah, we got Twitter. Um, well, yeah, we've got all kinds of articles, so go to geekshowentertainment.com, um, fill that out. Just for... Um, just for giggles, if you use your, your search browser, um, you can find an old article I did about a year ago mm-hmm. um, for, for fun. And, and, you know, just so that you know, the, uh, the subtitle was, uh, yeah, I'm going there. Um, oh, I read that. That was great. Yeah, it's uh, my top five uh, American actors to mm-hmm. play Doctor Who, mm-hmm. uh, to play the Doctor, um, for an American series. And basically what it was is it came around the time that there was a that huge rumor that uh, Russell T. Davies had, had, hadn't had left the show to stop working on Doctor Who, but it had in fact left the show to start an American version mm-hmm. of Doctor Who. I don't know if you guys remember that rumor, but that was Oh, yeah, the Johnny Depp ago. rumor, yeah. Yeah, well, that was that was for the movie, oh, and that right. was that the movie that was going to be directed by Tim Burton. Yeah, that was a few <laughs> months later. But no, this was this was actually a TV show, um, and like it was, none of it was true, and it wasn't nothing. All of it was was BS. But I wrote an article about who should be cast as as a uh, as the Doctor in an American version. Um, I remember actually really enjoying that. Like I thought I thought they were very measured and well thought out picks. Although although now because. <laughs> Because uh, insight to our world, but uh, and this is something that probably only Scott is going to get. But uh, Enver from Dollhouse, I think, would make a really great Doctor. Um, just yeah, cause, he would. Just because if you like, because that guy's so good that if you just let him run with whatever, he'd probably kick ass at it. So yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he pretty much would. Yeah, 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 definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, um. So yeah, go go to the website and check out all the fun articles that we have over there, geekshowentertainment.com. And you can follow us on Twitter, on twitter.com slash scottcorelli. And I'm twitter.com slash gungadin. You can also find me every week at uh, classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com. Last week we reviewed Ark in Space. Holy God, how good was that? Uh, this week we're continuing on the train of I have been doing this for a year with help from Cassandra. Hello, Cassandra. Um... <laughs> Uh, and I'm amazed how much I've been able to do this. Um, but yeah, so we're continuing on the gravy train of let's just talk about really awesome stories. Um, and so this week I'm reviewing Tomb of the Cybermen. And uh, if you haven't seen it, it is so good. Like it, <laughs> It's just like, if, it, not only is it like Tomb of the Cybermen, which is a brilliant title, like holy crap does that hold up like it holds up it's phenomenal it's totally like pulp adventure from the 1960s with Troughton and Jamie and and I can't wait for us to talk about it it's in my top 10 straight up classic fantastic top yeah 10. I'll uh I can't wait for us to get to it <laughs> in I... in 2030 
Oh. No, I'm just Is that all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I saved it for the very end when we're just going to have a cre- – when podcasting finally goes super mainstream, we're going we're gonna to release it in 2030. So um, look forward to that when that happens. <laughs> very good. Yeah. Very good, yeah. Um, what else we got? Uh, oh, yeah, you can follow my, my uh, other Twitter account if you want. I love this. Uh, Scott Commentary. Uh, I, I live tweet a, a, a film. Um, although sometimes it'll be like a uh, season finale or something mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. live on TV. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've live tweeted Robocop. Today I live tweeted Alien. Ridley Loved Scott's it. Alien. So funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> so excellent. So, uh, so yeah. three definitely. aliens? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I, you have no – if there's any shot in the history of cinema that I hate more, it is – the repeated single shot, like where it's just like, here's this shot, and again, From and again, angle, another and angle. you're like, you're like, did he just get shot three times? No, he just got shot once, but we're seeing it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not cool, not yeah, cool. It's, it's, I it's, hate that shot. It's cheap. Yeah, and and yes. and uh, Ridley Scott used that at the end of Alien, and it drove me crazy because I was just like, wait, were there how many aliens were there? And they're like, uh, it was only one. It's called Alien Singular. <laughs> They lied to me in the title. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So then Ridley Scott has just made me a very angry person. Um, so anyway, so Alien. I think the next one I'm going to do is actually Superman Returns because I'm going to watch it before I finish my article. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look to forward to that because I'm actually one of the few people who actually really enjoys that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I know you are. I know. I'm, I'm special that way. <laughs> so uh, so so yeah, we'll uh, I'll, I'll probably be doing that one next, and I'll give you guys a heads up. So if you're on Twitter, follow me at Scott Commentary, um, and uh, yeah, you can enjoy those things. So next week, Smith and Jones, Smith and Jones, David Tennant, Mar- uh, Mar- Martha, um, Freeman Aguiman, hooray, and some Jadoon. Uh, Love Jadoon. Yes, yes, yes. Jadoon, Jadoon. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah. See you then, guys. Alright, bye, guys. Bye, guys.